The power of the creative mind is nearly immeasurable. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. It's kind of hard for me to even explain this next guest. I I don't know that I want to explain her because I think you'll gather who she is from our conversation, but what she writes um, speaks of her in such a huge way. She's terribly creative and beautifully so. And we really don't um, know each other well, but yet we do like on a level that is... um, creative, I suppose, um, that comes from our heart. I think maybe from our hearts more than even creative, but I think the creativity flows from there. I ran into her, um, at, uh, my friend's parents, uh, celebration of life. I spoke of it a few episodes back and we knew of one another years ago Um, Then we became Facebook friends. Thank goodness for Facebook in that regard. And I think because of Facebook and the connection that I have uh, made with Diane, Diane Mann, um, I now see her in such a way that, um, I don't know, I I never would have imagined that I would have been blessed in that fashion. So I won't dilly-dally in trying to explain. I will say that we had multiple technical difficulties in this show, and um, but we saw them through, so hang with us. There might be a couple of abrupt cuts and edits, but uh, we were bound and determined to complete this podcast episode. I just love her. I think you will too. A little side note, unfortunately, when we were listening back to the recording, the um, just prior the setting that we were in prior to the first uh, interruption, somehow deleted that file. But this interview and this time with her is so cool and so good. You'll just have to catch up and miss out on that first part. It's not the ideal, but I don't want to not play it and I don't want to redo it just um, because that's missing. Um, again, you'll love her and you'll love her writings. So we'll just take this one, uh, take a hit and forgive me, Diane, that that happened. Okay. Thanks you guys for putting up with that. It just, some little weird thing was going on with my time limited and we'll figure it out later, but we started all, we started a new one. So, um, you were sharing about, um, when you really started to write. And the last thing I heard you say is um, that, well, actually I'm backing up a little bit because we did talk about what I was reading from um, the Mother's Day thing, but let's go back um, to when you said that you start, when you, ha- you had a uh, miscarriage and I'm so sorry, you know, like I know that time has come and gone and I'm sure there's been a lot of um, healing, but I'm sure that still stays with you. And I can imagine that being the creative person that I experience you to be, that writing must have been very healing for you during a time as 
heartbreaking is that? Very. Um, also, my dad fell from a roof um, when he was 64 and um, became like Christopher Reeves, like that severe, that severely injured. So I wrote through that. Um, but I wanted to write, um, I wrote little happy poems, maybe more in my 20s, but I thought that I should only record happy thoughts and yeah. probably thought I should only feel happy thoughts at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, Where do you think that came from? Um, part of it was I didn't want whatever was happening to be happening. And if I made a record of it, it made it more real. Interesting. Very interesting. So what was the turn in that happy thoughts season? Mm, Lots of counseling. Um, When I was, I, I don't know if you remember, I had a body cast in ninth grade. You would have been in seventh grade. You wouldn't have been at our church yet. So I had a surgery for scoliosis and oh. had a blood transfusion after that. So when I was 40, I, we found out that I had hepatitis C. Oy. Yeah. So the nurse practitioner called and said, so have you, do you have any tattoos? Um, have you um, ever done drugs? And I go, no, but I have a toe ring. <laughs> I'm a little bit groovy, <laughs> no tattoos. but um, so I got diagnosed with um, hepatitis C. So that was very trying. It was right after my dad died after 19 months of his um, severe, severely uh, handicapped state. And um, so I started writing through the pain then. Um, let's see. Also, there came a point where I realized that Jesus wasn't only seeing my rosy self. Mm. I, th- I used to think, okay, confess your sins and then he can see you as perfect. You, you know, get all this out of the way so you could pray for the people. But there came a point where I allowed him to sit with me in the dark places. Um, and I think the dark became less scary became more of a a backdrop to all the good that God does. Mm -hmm. Can't really have one without the other. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so through that diagnosis and a failed treatment with hepatitis C, um, there were five years of trying antidepressants and anything I would say that made me feel swell, made me swell. So my body just had this bad reaction to them. Um, But I had a... um, a counselor who worked with like focusing on what's good in my body. And um, he was amazing. And then um, took an integrative dance class. that was very expressive. Like you chop your problems up, like crazy things that did help me just step back into life and live well. And then I was finally healed in 2015, the year my mom died it, they came out with a cure. Uh, but another person who um, I worked with is Elizabeth Preston. She's an artist in Claremont but she's also trained in creative journaling, mm. which is a method where you in you, your left hand and your right hand write to each other. Oh, so your out of hand, your, yeah. Your non-dominant hand is your inner child. You scribble, you, you draw like a scene from your life and interview that child. And 
Uh, so oh my lord tons of healing through there and she's also trained to work with gifted people which i was you know identified as that in school and um she works like with professional ice skaters and and you know one of those people who really sees people and helps bring um the real you out um when just for my own sake let alone the listeners when we get an opportunity here before we part will you let me know how to look her up or what her scoop is sure yeah that sounds amazing I've never heard of it I don't know where I've never heard of anything like that where okay she's trained hand. by someone named Lucia Cappuccioni so okay. she's written several books on the price on the process Lucia Cappuccioni yeah so God provided like all these creative ways to meet me um, which I'm creative. So I just, I love the things he did to help, uh, lure me back into life again. Um, you have such a beautiful way of words. I just love what you just said to lure me back into life again. I do know that you and I speak a similar language in a creative realm. Yes. But I mean, in a faith realm as well. And I know that many of my listeners don't. And I, and while I was listening to you, I was wondering what you would say. I've had some really lovely Jesus followers that have been able to speak from a place regarding whatever it was they were sharing about on the podcast. But I don't know that I've ever asked anybody to explain what they're talking about when they speak of their faith, like you are today, would you be, would you be open to that? Or is that putting you on the spot? And if it is, we can come back and do it another time. But like, how would you explain to someone who doesn't really get like saying he sat with me in the darkness? Um, how would you explain that to someone or is it unexplainable in a literal way? Do you know what I'm getting at? Like, how would you explain that to somebody? You being the creative person and you being so beautiful with words, not to put any pressure on you, but I'm just saying, what would you share with someone who is listening, who, if they could say, oh, just a second, guys, stop talking for a minute. Would you tell me what you mean by that, Diane? I'm not tracking you at all. I don't have a faith background like you do. So I'm very much not the evangelist, except for just coming alongside people and loving them, because I honestly do love them. And I honestly believe that God's drawing everyone to himself. Right. So, um, so yeah, that whole salespeople packaged thing is, uh, is not is not how I am or who I am, but. Me either. I just am wondering what you would say to someone who. Right. So when I was in my darkest place, I would say I was like a child who couldn't be comforted, maybe a, a, an infant who you just couldn't comfort. And I just kept crying out to God, crying out to God, crying out to God. But I wasn't really being quiet long enough for God to even be with me. Mm. So my aunt, that's a whole other a wonderful story, but I have an aunt that I didn't grow up knowing um but met as an adult um she became my spiritual director and so 
so what she, one of her first uh, pieces of advice to me was to sit with Jesus five minutes a day and like not have any agenda, just let him show himself to me. Um, and at first I was like, okay, if God really loves me, I would not have to sit here and try to pretend he loves me. It just felt, it felt weird, but I guess it's allowing God that space to reveal himself to you. Mm. And it's like when people say, oh, personal relationship, they say it, but we've kind of gotten away from that. Mm -hmm. Um, So gradually I learned to live loved, but still as far as meeting me in my darknesses, yes, there's darkness now. So say that I, you know, have thoughts that just keep recurring that are so self-sabotaging to someplace you never want to go. Instead of trying to get rid of that, um, I asked Jesus, will you, will you sit with me in this? Um, Mm. Sometimes I'll do a prayer where I'm imagining we're on a bench by a lake and I'm telling him everything. And then I wait for his response. And so putting a picture to it and actually like it's faith. It's really living by faith to, to believe Jesus really is with me. He really does care. He really is leaning in and listening. Um, is huge. And then even something positive, like I asked forgiveness, some, my aunt like encouraged me. Okay. So you don't feel forgiven, but maybe sit in that place of forgiveness quietly. And then his merciful heart, kind of seeps into me where I'm receiving it. And I notice I'm being more forgiving of other people because I've received it. So just taking the time to just sit quiet, quietly, right where you are with the dark, whether it be illness, whether it be sin. Um, I just don't believe that God can't see our sin. Because how could I talk to him so I can come to him just as I am. But once I become a believer, I'm supposed to pretend I'm perfect because he sees me perfect. He does see the whole picture, but he sees me right now and wants to journey with me right now. So I don't know if more Christians would understand that or people who don't yet believe would would understand that. That's interesting because I know I know just the topic of forgiveness whether or not we come to it from a place of faith and an understanding of forgiveness from a Jesus perspective, but we all understand the idea of forgiveness, you know? Um, So I wonder, you know, I wonder, I think, I, I think the sitting with Jesus is one of the best clear challenges to put out there that your aunt could have given you because it one takes the responsibility off of, of me, you know, to sit. And I don't have to do anything for that. And I think other than to be still and that, you know, for some is, is work, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, um, I, I shared with someone who's going through a difficult time um, to, to sit back and feel the, the weight of their body resting on the chair that, that was supporting them, that um, 
we don't really think about it. But when we sit down in a chair and we lean back, we're not really having to work for that support. That support is just there. And we've come to know that it's there because we know the chair. We understand that it holds weight and it's built this way and my arms hit the rest. And so we let go. And in that, um, sitting, like you said, the sitting there, letting the chair do the work, do the, um, not the work, letting the chair be there for us, to support us. I really feel that that is what, foundationally, what the makings of the relationship with Jesus is a, a personal relationship with God is about through Jesus. And that's kind of hard to explain. So that's why I think your aunt was so spot on to say, sit quietly for, for just five minutes and let him, let, let Jesus show up and let him make himself um, real. You know, it is something of faith that we can't really conjure or explain. And oftentimes, I don't know if you're like this or not, when I'm trying to share my faith or I'm trying to grapple with words like I am right now with you, Diane, I kind of hear this other voice going, okay, you know, you sound like a, a kook, you know, that might be to someone who doesn't look, who doesn't get, understand this. Meaning not understand, like not in a condescending way. I didn't mean that to come out, but like who does not look at things from that perspective. But you know what? Um, I think people thought Jesus was a kook. So um, do you remember that old school uh, musical Lord Liar or Lunatic that um, that I think they even did at Pomona First Baptist? He's either Lord, he's either or he's a liar, or someone's lying, or he's a lunatic. And so all that plays to play. You know, the, I I love I, I would ask you before I pressed record if you would come back because I knew right away there would be so much here we could dive into. Your creativity, like I said, your way with words is so beautiful. Um, I would say the thing that came to my mind is it's like a salve. It has a balm. It has this, you want to the words want to go deeper into my emotional skin and my heart. And um, that is crazy cool mm. in a time right now that we're in, you know, we're in a season post COVID or at least on the tail end of what we, you know, have all had to adjust ourselves to. And I know you spoke of this in one of your, or wrote about this in one of your blogs, but I'm imagining it comes from your own experience, but what does that feel like to be able to offer that up to others in the way that you do with your writing? I, I have such a longing to bless other people. Um, sometimes it feels like I'm taking a painful scoop out of myself because it's scary for me to put my words out there. Um, 
or let's say I have a topic of for forgiveness, for example, and I think probably the enemy, um, I do know the enemy will say, oh, you've never forgiven anyone. Who are you to speak about forgiveness? You know, all the negative messages. So I get a little beat up sometimes on the way, but um, I think sometimes I treat it as too precious instead of just a simple, if I make someone a scone, baby, here's your scone. I, I, I can share that so easily. And I wish it was easier for me than it was, than it is. But sometimes I'll pray like, Lord, help me to actually enjoy it this time, um, rather to, than to be so frightened. And, and he does. So it's a journey, just learning to share um, the words. Um, it's, well, I'm sure you probably know just watching audiences like receive what you're offering there is just such a beauty that happens when we offer and receive. I, I get more out of seeing someone receive that. Um, I never feel depleted from having offered it. Well, you and Oprah talked about that, about your Snickers bar. So I do, I, I love sharing. And, and here are these words that I've received because I've had to, like you said, live them out. And they're born from pain. And I, I always pray that, um, well, they're born from pain and not pain. But I, I guess I don't, you don't really know exactly how people see you. But I think I could be seen like very sweet, Pollyanna-ish. Um, you know, had two boys, two girls fit whatever Dr. Dobson said was the family when we were when I was raising my kids you know I fit um so you would think oh but she's had this fairy tale life um I that's just what I think people think that I'm kind of goody goody um Pollyanna-ish I I don't know if that's the case but you know, in learning, because I am raw and honest with God and now feeling all the things, uh, more, more, more. Um, yeah, those offerings really are from an authentic place. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. I think you could tell if they were just uh, platonic. Um, here's a little brief thing that will fix your life. Like, that's it's not that. No. No. I <clears throat> I want people to go to your blog and is it's at Blogspot, correct? Is that what it is specifically? Yeah. I have it up right here just a minute. Yeah. So the benedictions aren't really on there, just reflections on right. poems. Um, yeah. Um, there's one that... Um, I think because I live in the desert, there's the one that you write um, about the desert and that your father had said to you, um, you just said, I'm going to just read a little piece of it. I just don't see it. It, it. It's titled A Beauty All Its Own. It's back from uh, pushing a year ago, maybe not quite uh, 2021 in July. And you yes, that's a song with no music. That part of it, I think, a song that it has a piece of that in there. Yeah, okay. 
But you said, I just don't see it, daddy. I said, it looks ugly to me. I stood watching my dad gaze in adoration over the desert landscape, his eyes resting in reverence upon what stretched before him. The desert has a beauty all its own, Diana. I was 10 years old and enjoyed camping in the desert, scrambling over rock formations, but saw nothing of beauty in the dusty landscape, cacti and brittle shrubs. The view in my eyes was something to be tolerated rather than enjoyed. Right away, my nose fires up with the heads up of tears that, you know, when you get ready to cry and your nose starts to burn and it turns in a color and then I feel my eyes well. It spoke before I even fit, that was at the onset of the piece that you wrote. And then you go on beautifully to describe your experience with the desert. And you take us as if we're walking around here in Arizona, in Phoenix, we have the Botanical Garden. And it's a great place to go to see right away the beauty of the desert. Like it's, it's like a cut to the chase moment. But you take us around the bend, and which I love because I love going on a journey with somebody. And then you explain your uh, the means of which you came to learn about the beauty of the desert. And you describe all the, some intricate and generalized look of the desert and how you found the beauty in it and the assignment that led you to do that. Um, and then you bring it back to the right now. And I don't want to tell it all because I want people to go there. If you're listening to me, go there. I'll make sure you know where to go. But um, I thought about myself, my person, and how Well, as they say, the third time's the charm. I don't know, people. This has never happened to me before, but I'm sure, uh, you know, there might be another time in the future. But my computer just totally crashed. So we were in the middle of our second round after having something weird happen with Zoom, and we're back now. So uh, forgive any glitches where I don't think you'll notice, but we notice. But Diane, are you willing to continue with me or have I have I... Are you raising a brow at me saying this gal does not know what she's doing technically? Absolutely not. I don't, I can't raise a brow. You actress girls. Okay. I have to just blink one eye. Close the one eye and I guess. And actually I'm a little off symmetrically. So one of them is just maybe naturally raised. <laughs> That's good. You could use it. Um, we were speaking, I was speaking of your blog and before we can't go any further, direct us specifically. And I'm a goober sometimes when I, um, so it's blogspot.com and yours, your, the title of your, your homepage, your, this is yours is prone to wander. Prone to wander. Yes. Oh, yes. That's what it's called. But the address, someone else took that. So no, oh, prone to wander, excuse me. Prone wonder. To, probably prone to wander sometimes as well, but prone yeah, to wonder. wonder. Sorry, I, I said it wrong. Prone to wonder. But the address is a new song, number four, die, D-I, at, no, dot blogspot.com. I sometimes mess it up. A new song, D-I for die, 
four, number four. Four, for because you have four children, I bet. Ah, no, because I was turning 40. Oh, okay. 40. Um, a new song, Die For, at? No, no. <laughs> a new song for Die. Oh, Dom. sorry. A new song for Die. Yeah, dot. Dot. Blogspot.com. And then the the benedictions are on Facebook and Instagram and at Black Barn online. So and how can they find you? Black Barn, I know I can that's blackbarn.com. Yes, blackbarnonline.com. Blackbarnonline.com. And what about your Facebook and Instagram? Is that what's the um is it your name or I am a new song for die also oh, on okay. Instagram. Perfect. And um, Facebook is just Diane Man. Okay. And two N's. In N A N N. One N in Diane. D-I-A-N-E. Yeah. M-A-N-N. Or have you always been T-E-R-E-Y or did you do that? I did that. Do you remember the Maudis? Yes. Jackie, Maudie, and uh, Leslie. Jackie was my uh, friend in high school, and we were up in the balcony at an evening, Sunday evening church service. No offense, Dr. Ted, but we were our pastor. We were not really paying attention. And she wanted to change the spelling of her name just a little bit. And um, so I, I said, well, I think I might want to, too. And I said, what if I drop, my name is Teresa. I said, what if I drop the S-A and I added a Y? And she's like, ooh, I like that. Nobody spells it that way. So I changed my name when I was, I don't know, 15, something like that. My mother pretty much refuses to spell it that way after all these years. She spells it still T-E-R-I. But my name is Teresa. And I've come to, I will say something about the changing of my name. I've come to appreciate Teresa in a way uh, that I hadn't um, by the fact that it's the root of my spelling of my name. Um, my folks, my given name is Teresa, T-E-R-E-S-A. But anyway, so um, I'm, I'm always having to correct someone on the spelling of my name. I didn't mean to go into that long explanation, but that is the deal about my name, Terry. And literally, there's hardly any other T-E-R-E-Ys out there. I like it. Um, getting back to you, um, I was getting ready to cry. So it was probably good timing. Um, the, the idea of a valley, uh, between two places, I think there's some things, um, uh, about life and about my life and about me that I kind of feel like there's more valley than there is the place I leave from and the destination. And, um, and I don't think it's very pretty and I don't, I want to get through it, buy it, hide it, ignore it, look the other way from it. Um, and it just, it just made me um, tear up the first time that I read it. And I thought it was so beautiful. And then you went on to share towards the end in particular about the season that we're in. Um, if I can just read it for a sec. Um, 
you were speaking of the desert having a beauty all its own. And given what I just shared, this just sort of, I don't know, it grabbed me by the throat. And this might not have been what you were aiming for, but that's the beauty of creativity is that it's alive and it speaks to us, right? In all these yeah. ways. And people receive something that maybe you didn't even see. And a couple of times with you sharing today, I'm like, oh, I hadn't, that's another layer to it. So it becomes another gift. I love it. Um, anyway, you end a um, some lyrics that you wrote uh, for your father in a song. And again, I, I want people to go there and, and take this in yourself. You have to, you have to. Um, but you end with the final lyric in this phrase is the desert has a beauty all its own. And then you continue to write a beauty all its own. That is a refrain that is sometimes difficult to remember or believe. Lately, I've been dividing life into pre-pandemic time, pandemic time, and gratefully post-pandemic time. The pandemic was something we endured in parentheses and for some are still enduring. A desert highway in many ways, a wasteland of space through which we traveled with visions of just getting through to the other side. I pause there for a moment. That absolutely applies to the time of the pandemic in so many ways. And I'm going to trust that people are listening that need to hear that. But I also feel like it applied to, to Terry in such a way that there are things that I am wanting to see become whole in my life that I've struggled with. And I'm wanting to accept restoration and pursue that and allow for a beautiful healing to take place. And we all have that stuff, right? But there's also a part of me that feels like it's a desert wasteland and let's just get through this and just get to the other side, just get to the other side, just get to the other side. Yet you go on to say, but if we stop, yeah, here come the tears. Uh -uh. Mm. But if we stop to reflect, we will find it was more than a space of barren dry land. There were people we connected with and you're speaking of the pandemic, of course, but I'm seeing it through a different lens as well. There were people we connected with who sent encouragement from afar, ancient life-giving springs below ground that made us dig deep to reach them. Holy moly, girl. Line, that was me, not you. Lines drawn where we were challenged to let go of deep-seated unforgiveness. Adopting understanding instead. Gems we picked up along the way. And artifacts. Here it goes. Stories of faith we left behind for Christ followers in the future who will look for signs of how we endured believers we will one day surround as a cloud of witnesses then mm -hmm. you said may the lord give us eyes to see what he sees so we will know what he knows mm. i just can't thank you enough for that because it was like i said to you earlier a bomb to me and um, i think you're writing goes there in so many ways. Also, no matter whichever ones I've 
begun to read and finished and scrolled through and the benedictions and um, you are a gift. Your writing and your creativity is a gift and it's a medicine that I certainly hope through the efforts of this podcast, through just however I can cheerlead you on through whatever God inspires you to do next, that it can be presented to people for the sake, for their sakes, as well as just the gift of it giving back to you as, as the artist. You know, that, that just, first of all, when you read my words, I, it's like I'm hearing them for the first time and they feel more real um, because of your voice. Mm. So I mentioned to you when you invited me to be here, like, but you're confident and I'm a scaredy cat and my voice wiggles and people pay you for your voice. People pay me to like, please don't sing in this room. and not really. <laughs> uh, so hearing you read it, wow. And then how it met you um, with other things, you know, not. Not just about the pandemic. See, I told you that would happen. Don't worry, don't worry. No. Oh, hi, daughter. Don't call me right now. You answer real quick. Tell her. Tell her. Uh, yeah. And tell her. So, yeah. when you were talking about um, me, you know, watching my dad watch the desert, and then um, because I'm a court reporter, I take hearings about the desert. And I, I've met people who love the desert and who find the beauty. You know, like both of those situations are me learning to love it kind of in a sideways way. You know, um, I didn't want to just start loving the desert, but I was loving people who love the desert. And so being interested in what lights them up gave me appreciation for it. And, um, and then as far as the liminal, that that's what, but that's a word I've learned lately, a term, liminal space, um, is that space between like um, Christ has come and he's coming again. You know, so in some, in some senses, we're all still waiting. Right. But are there good things that God has to show us there? Is he molding us in those spaces? Absolutely. Do we want them to end? Oh, yes. So. I think we can pour out our hearts about that. How long, oh Lord. And then ask him for eyes to see what he sees and eyes that can recognize and receive the beauty that's there. Mm. That's so, that's, as I was listening to you talk right now, I thought, what do I think about what she's saying? It's mm. it, meaning, meaning. I don't know how to put it into words because what you're saying is um, a lifeline for anyone. And my heart says, oh, please give Jesus a try if you don't, if you haven't. Mm. Um, a try sounds like you know, a new soda. <laughs> and I don't mean it to sound that way, but I feel like 
give him an opportunity is what I probably mean more. But to know that uh, we can cry out what you just got done saying. And come just as we are. Jesus, I don't believe in you. You have a lot of work to do if, if you're going to convince me that you're real. And then keep your eyes open. Whoa. And, you know what, that, first chill faith, <laughs> that first step of faith, that moment we first believe, it continues through your whole faith journey. Because right. you have to keep choosing faith um, and keep coming to him just as you are. So it's your first little step of faith to throw it out there. Like, do you really care? And you can tell him how Christians have hurt you and how the church has hurt you and, and pour it out there. And it might feel like you're pretending. Sometimes I'll say, I I'm, feel like I'm pretending you care about me because you obviously don't. Like we can really lay it out there um, like David did. David from the Bible. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I, um, I know we've had several stops and starts and I thank you for your patience. Forgive me so much for the weirdness. There's no explanation. Not really. I, I was saying before we started this last round that the first glitch, I thought, Oh, okay. Something's going on with zoom. I've never had that happen before, but okay. And then the second one, just for it to crash. So that's like just weird. So this meaning I can't explain it away. This third um, time visiting, I don't know how long we have been together, but I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart to, um, and I, I say the bottom of my heart and I don't say it flippantly. I read, I don't know if you heard this week's or not. I don't expect that you would have, but um, cause I just released it, but there was a young gal that wrote me a note from something that I just, a speaking engagement I had did. And, and she said in the note, um, I want to let you know, comma, from the bottom of my heart, comma. And it's like, I recognize, cause I say that a lot to qualify myself, but I'm sincere when I say it, you know, as a, as a term, you know, goes, but I want to say to you, Diane, from the bottom of my heart, that your time here today has been more than I ever really could have expected or imagined. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so thrilled that I have you in my life, in my, in my world. And I can't wait to come to know you more. And I'm so grateful that creativity was deposited into you, that that was a gift that God, uh, being the creator, gave to you in spades. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be an encourager of you using that as your heart leads you to do that. And I know we're going to wrap up here soon, but I want to just give you time to say anything else that you might want to say. I, I said at the onset before we started recording that one of the things I love about getting to this podcast, is it really is my desire to honor people, to celebrate people. Honor, yes, and but celebrate. So um, by providing just a means to say, hey, tell me about you and 
what you do and who you are. And before we go, I just want to have one more pass at letting you speak from your heart. If there's something that you thought you might want to say that you haven't had a chance to say or share or, or whatever it is before we go. Okay. First, thank you so much for your encouragement. That truly puts courage into me <laughs> and makes me feel braver because you've noticed um, before we were recording, you're like, you do put yourself down a lot. You are. Yeah. So that's a, that's a healing journey for me. But um, so as a court reporter, I list, I hear a lot of voices. Um, not, not like in my head, but in real life. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then I'm also a spiritual director. So I listen prayerfully to people and, you know, listen for where God's moving in their life and ask questions, but it's mostly them talking. So, um, so I listen to people a lot and I love, I love, love your voice. Your, your brother said something about you being like the girl on sleepless, the radio girl on sleepless in Seattle. I'm like, exactly. There's just so much there. Oh, so, man. so I'm coming for, you knew you had a voice very young. And um, I was in a family of six and you kind of had to compete. My voice didn't carry. Um, so for me, I'm like a baby kind of finding her voice or maybe a little past that. But if you watch little infants try to uh, find their voice. And um, so it's harder for me to speak into spaces, you know, mm. to even, you know, to offer the writings. That's my voice in a way. But um, Okay, so you're not in this room. So I have like since this is probably since the pandemic began, I had like four of these journals filled out. Oh wow. So oh wow. But you know what? It's been it's been a, a journey of learning to listen to me mm. and lean into the thoughts that God gives me. And then I'm less scared to speak into other spaces because I'm actually enjoying my self like so if I learn to enjoy me and how God made me then I'm more free to share with other people right. and to believe we're all we all are gifts to each other so to actually live into that and believe that um so uh in one of my groups in the Blackburn online there are there I'm advertising them. I read this book by Lucy Shaw called Life Path okay and it's about journaling your life so that helped me um just learn the importance of that and how just what a gift it is to yourself to do that and then okay so this has to do with if anyone has not listened to your other podcasts they have to go back um but you talked about even just starting your podcast you had that one gift you gave yourself to keep the dishes out of the sink to have them all done by the time you went to bed you should have seen me last night I was trying it <laughs> my daughter came over and made a pizza and like clean that pizza cutter because I was doing it <laughs> so easily influenced but um so one summer I decided to write a poem a day and wear a dress every day because I love dresses in the summer and so for at least part of the day wear a dress so that was a gift to myself and write a poem even if it's just awful even if it's a poem about the dress you chose, you know, whatever. And 
during that time, I learned to enjoy my voice. Mm. And then uh, I was asked to be on my son's podcast for Mother's Day. And um, listening to it, well, I actually had to see it because I didn't know it was going to be filmed, but that's okay. That's another story. Um, It was the first time I heard my own voice and didn't hate it. Mm. So, and there's a whole journey with that too, with learning to play guitar and finding the right note. It's like harder for me than finding my car in a parking lot. Like it is really (laughs) difficult sometimes, but I'm always just roping people into like singing with me because then I can hang on to their more heavy voice. And um, yeah, so finding a voice, your voice and learning to, to listen to the ideas that God gives you and um, just record your questions that have no answers, your gripes, your gratitude um, has been a really healing thing for me as well. Do you sing? Um, I, uh, that's hard. I sing, but I wouldn't call myself a singer. I sing for some reason, uh, and it really does puzzle me a little bit. That's mostly what I get cast in. And I don't audition really. I just get called to be in musicals. So it ha- So I can sing. I don't know music, not really. I don't, I loosely know how to read a little bit because my great grandmother taught me, tried to teach me how to play the piano. And I vaguely remember some of it, but I can, I can sing. I'm not a singer. So you know what I mean? Well, you know, some really professional people. Yeah, I do. I know, I know singers and I have a, you know, like a plethora of amazing friends that sing amazingly, um, like crazy, you know, the people that I know in that sing. And I just don't, I don't have that, you know, I'm not, I don't have the, I don't have any training and I don't, but I can sing, I can hold a tune. I can pull off a role that has singing, but that's mostly because I'm good enough to sing, sing the tune, but I sell it more than anything. So I buff away the, you know, not so pretties, but um, why, why do you ask just because you're don't invite me to sing with you? Oh, I was probably looking for another reason to feel jealous. (laughs) I am not a singer. Oh, she probably sings too. No, not really. I mean, I can meaning because I do, I do it for work, but I wouldn't, um, I sing a lot at home. I sing a lot. I do silly things. My brother, I think my brother and I are similar that way. Um, we heard a lot of music growing up and, uh, my mom and dad always playing music of that, um, era. And we, he was, my dad was a huge Elvis Presley fan and we heard him every weekend, but Mark has a a really good sounding voice. My brother, he would not say he was a singer. I would listen to him and say, he sings really well. He has a beautiful singing voice, but I guess it just depends on what side of the musical coin you fall on. But, um, I, I think it's making, um, okay. Okay. That's a sign. It is a sign. Okay. So on the musical note and bringing it down to the deep end again, um, 
God was singing a love song over us from the day we were conceived. And I think my whole life, I'm learning to sing that love song back to him. Mm. Um, yeah. Because he loves me, no doubt. And he loves me perfectly and well. But as I receive that love, then I'm able to love him in return. Wow. Um, and in a sense, sing that same song back to him. So, and as far as like believers, non-believers, like um, if you could find someone that you could just talk to who would listen to you with a prayerful ear, listening is just such a gift we can offer to each other. And someone to accept you right where you are and explore with you, that, that would just be tremendous. We need to do that for each other, all of us. Yeah, we do. We do. And you're a good listener. I can tell. Um, thank you for spending this time. And um, we will do it again. I think there's so much here. There's so many things that you've said that I want to go back and catch and, um, and just celebrate with you. But thank you, Diane, for this lovely jump into our friendship pool. You know, we've been hanging out at the pool, look, but we actually jumped in and got wet in the refreshing water of friendship today. And I thank you so much for your willingness to do it and for putting up with all these super weird glitches that happened today. But I'll say goodbye to you on behalf of the Terry Summers podcast, but I want you to hang on so I myself can say goodbye to you. But until we meet again and until you come back and visit us here, thank you, Diane, man. Thank you, Terry Summers, T-E-R-E-Y. T-E-R-E-Y. Hold on, sister. Oh, see what I mean, Jelly Bean? Let me just say, there is more to learn and take in of this beautiful woman, Diane, on her blog, Prone to Wonder. Prone to Wonder. Aren't we all? Hmm. Well, thank you, Diane, for joining us. And thank you, audience, for joining us today, too. Until next week on the Terry Summers podcast, please like and share and leave a message if you wanna. I'd love to hear from you. Bye. <laughs>